This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? My name is Carlton Thompson. Hmm, Carlton, how do you spell that? It's uh, C-A-R-L-T-O-N. Then my last name is Thompson. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. Okie dokie. And what would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? Um, right now, of course, uh, I definitely like to connect a lot of people, especially in Phoenix, of course, because that's where I currently live. We actually have a, a line dance bar out there called Charlie's, and they have been doing line dancing for at least 40 years, of course. I've been an instructor, actually, out there for the last 11 years, uh, and then, of course, during that period of time, just obviously connecting people to the line dance community. Um, been to Stompede a few times, of course, as well, both as an instructor as well as just a student before I became an instructor. And then, um, and of course, now I'm just trying to do much more outreach in the last year and a half. And you mentioned Stompede. For those who aren't familiar with it, uh, what is it and what is your role in it this year? Sure, absolutely. Stompede is a large uh, country-western dance community. It's almost like a convention, a dance convention, uh, where it lasts for typically about from uh, Thursday night all the way through Sunday night. It's just you know, jam-packed of different types of line dance classes from beginner to intermediate to advanced. Uh, then, of course, there's also uh, two steps, West Coast Swings, uh, that is also available um, to... Um, to students that actually are registering to participate in this convention. So it's a, it's a big event here in San Francisco. Typically happens in mid to late fall. And there's about almost like 800 to 1,200 people that typically go every year. Um, and my role these last couple of years is a, as an instructor. So I teach uh, out there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm just trying to promote more my choreography. Even though I've been teaching dance for the last 11 years, I decided to... Uh, branch out and just kind of promote my choreography in the last year and a half so will you be bringing your signature video crew with you as well actually I'm working that logistics out right now Um, it's going to be a lot of um, a lot of I would probably say strategy because there is quite a bit of people that actually are behind the scenes trying to make things work and, and so forth um, but I won't know until like another month. <laughs> but I'm hoping so. That's the goal. The, whole, the goal is to um, actually teach some of my choreography that's already published uh, to the public. But then I do want to spend one of those lessons where I'm just teaching a brand new choreography and just snap it and record it. So that's the goal. So we'll see how it works. <laughs> that definitely is one of the things that you bring to the line dance community that I have not seen while all of this technology has been available for this high definition, multiple camera angles, multiple cuts style of demos. How did that start for you and what is the setup like? Uh, How long does it take to prepare for something like that? What do you try to include? And what was the motivation behind behind just creating this this, um, deluxe version of demo videos? Sure, absolutely. Well, um, line dancing's been obviously going on for several, several decades, way before you and I were born, of course. But I think what kind of got me motivated was that... um, when I go on YouTube and I'm trying to learn different lessons or different types of dance choreographies, typically you see the young Asian women, of course, all the time on YouTube. And it's so clean and so crisp. Um, but one area I felt that we lacked and I had an opportunity was to um, enhance the experience, right? Because it's one thing to look at a video and then just looking at at one angle, Right. But it gets boring or it just loses the, the impact, the wow factor. 
that line dancing could have, which as you and I are dancers, of course, when we're out there on the dance floor, it is just so much fun. But how do you extract that emotion and put it into your audience? Because your audience on YouTube is going to be anybody, you know, anybody all over the world. It could be somebody who doesn't know how to dance, but they just love to be entertained and watch different dance routines. Um, or somebody who does like to line dance, but they just want something to empower them or motivate them. So when it comes down, I was looking at the YouTube videos. I felt like there's an opportunity. I have two really amazing friends that do videography for a living. So, you know, just through the networking and, you know, obviously working out the logistics of costs and so forth, uh, we were able to find a cost that's comparable that I'm able to go ahead and, you know, do this on a routine basis. So in terms of how the setup works is I typically, um, because I do this at Charlie's, uh, so it's a free space for me. So I, I'm very grateful for Charlie's to allow me to uh, utilize their space for free, whereas many places you have to typically pay for. However, um, utilizing that space, I'm able to advertise about a month in advance, typically when my next dance class is going to be. And then I will choreograph something about a couple days prior to kind of prepare for that night. Then um, once the event takes place, typically people will show up. It's, it is random, of course, but I do have a lot of followers, which is good. But you do, um, you're teaching at a public environment, so you're just taking whoever that's there, right? Um, and then you just have a camera guy just literally just go in and record. It literally takes us several takes, of course, because you, you, you do a routine and people get very, very uh, nervous at first, especially when it's a brand new dance. You know, they're learning it pretty much that hour. And then you're recording, you know, after that one hour, that last 15 minutes, you're just recording. So a lot of people have the jits, the, the jitters and so forth. So you have to do a lot of retakes and retakes. So typically... Um, a recording lasts about 40 minutes yeah to do about like you know four to eight takes so that's a lot of fun how many of those demos have you released at this point of that um, style yeah uh, I, I remember gosh. a while back I learned uh, your dance applause uh -huh. and it was before all of this um, this fanciness got started <laughs> yeah. so it must be uh, fairly recent you may, are you still in the double digits yeah uh, right now currently I am at um, I think Without when you're taking the tutorial videos out, because I just done on my iPhone, but the actual demo videos, I think I have about 15. Mm. About 15. I'm like trying to calculate, you know, going down the list on Copper Knob when you're mm. counting your numbers. Mm -hmm. I think I'm around 12 or 15, like high quality definition videos. Okay. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I'm curious, you, you teach and you choreograph. What was the timeline like for you? from first discovering line dance even existed uh -huh. and then deciding, you know, I want to learn this. I, I, want to, I want to become you know, a line dancer. And then where did you get the confidence to start instructing? Uh -huh. how, and uh, how, did, how did you first start getting ideas for choreography? What, what did that look like from beginning to present? Sure, absolutely. So um, I'm 31 right now. Um, I started line dancing when I was about 15, 16. Uh, I, w I was born and raised in Napa, so I'm pretty local to the, the Bay Area uh, for the last 20 years, of course. So when I was 15, it was actually during Thanksgiving, and uh, we were at my parents' house, and my friend Greta, uh, she actually got me introduced into line dancing. So it all started with, we were all eating dinner, and then at the end of eating dinner, we all didn't want to be lethargic, so 
Greta started dancing in our living room to a random song. I can't remember what the song was. Um, but then uh, I was just starting to get intrigued by it, you know. And then she started playing this song, Let's Get Loud, from Jennifer Lopez. Obviously, you can tell that just kind of aged us a little bit there. But, <laughs> but uh, so it started with Jennifer Lopez, Let's Get Loud. And I was like, I want to learn this line dance. So literally, we moved all of the furniture off of the living room floor. And we just started breaking it down. And so as Greta was teaching me on these different steps, um, I was picking it up on the fly. And it just they were, I was just getting compliments from my family members on how easy I was able to pick it up so that kind of built my confidence a little bit um, of course I was 15 so there wasn't really much you can do with line dancing you can't go to the bar you can't there's not really a lot of socials at least at, at that period of time I wasn't aware of any but when I turned 18 um, graduated from um, well actually when I turned 18 um, I was able and legal enough to go to Petaluma Kodiak Jacks yeah yeah so I went out there uh, met Ryan who was one of the DJs and instructors out there and I had a couple other high school friends also as well who were just turning 18 so we all decided on Saturday night to go out to you know Kodiak Jackson Petaluma and we just danced and danced and danced and danced for several several hours which was so much fun um, and then after a little while of course I kind of like um, I was assisting Ryan a little bit uh, so as he would teach in the front I would just be like the little little like backup instructor just from a visual standpoint just in the middle or in the back so it was really cool to have the um the um the um i should say the awareness that someone says hey you know what can you assist me just like by being in the middle you know you obviously have a really good charisma in your dance style so people are going to watch you and pick it up so that's kind of where it started so 18 and 19 by the time I turned 20, um, I relocated to Phoenix, Arizona, where I currently live, and uh, because of, it was so hard to find a job in my field of study. I do HR for a living, so I moved to Arizona, half family out there, within three days, got a job in my field. But I heard through my uncle, uh, who goes to Charlie's, he was telling me that you need to go to Charlie's. So... I still had a whole year left because I moved there when I was 20. So when I turned 21, I was able to go to Charlie's, picked up all the line dancing pretty quickly, and I was getting um, very well known for how fast I could pick things up. So uh, with that being said, that kind of built my confidence uh, again because it was like a whole year since I last line danced because I moved out when I turned 20, moved to Phoenix, had to wait a whole year uh, in order for me to start. And then six months into it, there was an actual opening at Charlie's for an instructor. So I said, you know what, I'm going to audition. So about four weeks prior, you know, I was advertising, Charlie's was advertising that, hey, you know what, we're having a guest instructor. So that night, we had 75 students. It was like the largest class that they ever had in history. It was so cool. Because they kind of already saw how my dance style was for those first six months. Mm -hmm. So going out there uh, and, uh, and just advertising, everyone just came on in from the dance community. So it was so awesome to see that support. And then after that, I got the job. So, so from pretty much 21 and a half all the way till 31, I've just been teaching line dancing out there. So that kind of is like my line dance as a whole. But then during that 10-year period of teaching line dancing, I got asked to choreograph for a dance company out there called Arizona Heat Wave. Mm. So um, that was back in like 
2008, 9, and 10. Um, so I, was, I, I did take that job opportunity to choreograph for that dance crew. Then the director decided to you know, move in a different direction. So there was a hiatus for about a year. Then um, the bar manager decided, hey, we would like to continue that dance troupe because we wanted the publicity. You have the Charlie's logo. You're going all over the United States. So we negotiated terms, and I rebranded it, became the director. We called it Phoenix Heat Wave. So, uh, and that's a little bit more well-known because it's been established a little bit longer. However, I did choreography for group settings so like a lot of you know different patterns like going in and out um you're kind of like mixing line dancing with different dance styles and just integrating different um formations i should say so that was a lot of fun so i did that for uh 2010 11 12 13 14 15 yeah till about 2015 six years of just choreographing raising money, um, going out to the different Pride events and actually line dancing in the Pride floats. So it was a lot of fun. And a lot of different rodeo events we did as well, too. Um, I started getting burnt out doing that type of choreography. Therefore, um, I um, took a hiatus for about a year, which worked perfect because I actually had an Achilles injury. So I was actually out for a good solid 10 months. Uh, with that being said, once I kind of, after um, going through uh, therapy and just uh, physical therapy to kind of get myself back in strength, I decided, you know what, I'm going to just start YouTubing. Why not? You know, so, uh, and that kind of takes you to where I am today. And you have a range of dances, I've noticed. Like, you have the multiple-part, very complex show pieces, like Applause, for example. Uh-huh. And, and then you have the more accessible, you, know, you can learn it tonight, dance it tonight kind of mm-hmm. dances. Is there one style or another that's easier for you to put together? Or does it just kind of happen, and then you write it down before you forget? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Chris. That's such a great question, because... I. For me, being so structured and doing HR, everything's very structured and everything's planned out and so forth, line dancing gives me the ability to, uh, especially on the choreography side, to be spontaneous. So in order to answer your question, um, I find it that it's always on the fly. So when I hear I'm driving to work or driving home from work and I'm listening to like Apple Music and there's a new song that comes out and I can feel it, then I'm going to start just choreographing to that song. And it just depends on how the song is laid out. Like you have Feel It Still, it's a very quick staccato type uh, music beat. Uh, with that being said, you're hearing a pattern, you're counting, oh, 32 counts. Okay, perfect. You hear the staccato beats. So then you kind of match things together and you're like, okay, there's a swift here. You can kind of hear that the music just flows into the next measure. So I'm going to go ahead and blend that instead of make a staccato. So when I did that, it came out to be 32 counts, a high beginner line dance that pretty much anybody could pick up because the the steps itself are pretty standard uh, universal steps. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's one example of just, you know, something that's a little bit more on the easier side. Then you get into a little more complexity like No Roots, which was one of my more popular line dances uh, that I've seen on YouTube um, uh, as other people from other countries are, you know, line dancing to it and they're recording it and they're putting on their YouTube and tagging me. So it's a lot of fun. But that one right there is obviously a, a phrase line dance, you know, 64 counts times two. So it's a hundred and... 28 counts or whatever that number is so it's a very lengthy line dance which requires at least an hour of of good solid practicing and and so forth but when you go to that particular element 
you listen to music, you're hearing the patterns, you're hearing there's a tag in the music, and you want to try to incorporate that. So when I'm line dancing and choreographing all this stuff out, you know, I'm always constantly thinking, who's my audience? But because I have such a wide audience, you have people from beginner all the way to intermediate to heavy, heavy advanced, I want to be able to capture all of that. So obviously every song, I'm not going to be able to capture a specific group, you know, per se, but whoever is interested in learning that line dance can, you know, watch these demo videos, watch the tutorials, and, you know, take one of the classes that can offer that particular line dance. So, yeah, overall, it's, it's just very sporadic, it's very spontaneous, um, and I just listen to the music and just kind of feel it out. Now, for those of us who have never been to, um, to Arizona and seen this, what the line dance scene is like there, how would you characterize it? What's it made up of? Who, who dances out there and what are the popular dances? Sure, absolutely. Um, so uh, there is quite a bit of line dancing out there in the community because it's a very Western environment. Of course, we're talking about the Southwest, so it's like desert and heat and so forth. Uh, with that being said, our dance community is pretty good. Um, I would probably have to say um, I'm more exposed into the LGBT line dancing, and it's actually pretty um, moderate. We do have a consistent class um, that's always typically pretty busy every week, which is nice. Uh, it, we do have dance classes about um, every Thursday, Wednesday, and Saturday nights, and it consists of mostly line dancing and a little bit of two-stepping. More of the popular line dance we do, of course, that's very universal worldwide, is Dizzy. Um, and then we just recently did one that a choreographer did back in um, the European countries called Me Too. So that's a very popular line dance as well up there. But in terms of uh, when you're looking at it from a broad perspective, uh, incorporating, you know, the um, um, not just the LGBT community, but just all line dancing in general. Uh, we do have a few other locations in Arizona uh, that are bar settings that you can go to and actually learn line dancing. And you typically see the um, like a, a more elaborate version. When I say elaborate, like more better song choice. I should, I should say better song choice, but um, but just a, a, a more updated um, electric slide type version. So you see that quite frequently out there, but to different song choices as well. Uh, You'll definitely see Dizzy because that's just so universal. Um, and, of course, you always ha uh, see... What's that one line dance that's just like... Um, um, I, well, it's the Cupid Shuffle. There it oh, is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When you go to all the different bars, of course, Cupid Shuffle is constantly played. So it's always nice to see that. Overall, um, when I compare Arizona to other cities and states, of course, I feel like... If you look at a, at a spectrum, you know, one being worse, ten being the highest, I, I think we're at a, a five or a six. We're right in the medium point. So you can find places where you can line dance, but I just do, I do see that there's opportunity for it to enhance. There is a big uh, line dance convention, but I have never been there yet so far in Arizona, and it typically happens in August, but uh, normally I'm always traveling out of state in August, so I never made it. But next year I'm going to make it a point to go to this convention because I heard it's actually quite big, but I just don't know how big it is. What but is it called? 
I have no clue. I, I'm going to have to like send you a link, and then maybe you'll have to upload it to your uh, social media page. But I'll find out for you for sure, Chris. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one in Vegas called Vegas Dance Explosion in November. I highly recommend it, and that would be travelable from Arizona. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a 45-minute flight, you know, which is not bad, or a four-and-a-half-hour drive. So Now, you mentioned something about Chicago. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about that? Sure. Okay. So, um, so I, I, as you know, I'm actually just trying my best to get my name out there. So even though I've been line dancing for several years, of course, my choreography I've been doing for several years, but I haven't been big in publishing it until the last year and a half where YouTube, I started doing all this YouTube stuff. However, um, I've been just trying to go and build my network, uh, going to Stampede. I just came back from Seattle to the... Um, uh, the Emerald City uh, line dance convention, so much fun out there. And I was able to teach at those events. Um, I recently asked to see if I could teach out at the um, the one in Chicago, which is um, is called Line Dance Mania. Windy City yeah. Line Dance yeah, Mania. Yeah, Line Dance Mania. Windy City Line Dance Mania. And uh, uh, they do like the videos. They saw it, which is very helpful. But they're fully booked with instructors. So with that being said, I didn't get an opportunity to go out there to instruct. But the director, Mark, said, you know what? You need to compete because that's how you're going to get your name up to that next level. So, um, so with that being said, I signed up. I'm going to compete. I'm going to use. Uh, I'm going to choreograph something for it, and um, I'm going to bring uh, about four to five other people uh, to come with me, so we can create this just ecstatic showcase. So, and that's the whole goal. But then I have to also be cognizant that if I'm going to get closer to like you know the top two, top three they're going to have to learn it. So I have to find that balance where it's teachable, but yet entertaining, yet just excitement that's going to draw people in. So uh, so it's going to take a lot of thinking and finding that balance and picking and choosing which steps to use that's going to blend well with the music. So, But yeah, so wish me luck on that, but it's going to be in, um, in um, October, yes. right? Is it October? Yeah, I, I travel so much, so it's like I'm trying to remember what is what. So, <laughs> But yeah, so I'm excited about that, So, um, and I'm hoping that I could bring something that people are very excited to see. Um, recently, I just got a message um, because social media is just so easy, it's so uh, effortless to go ahead and communicate with anybody in the world. Surprisingly, there's this lady by the name of Shirley. Uh, she lives in Malaysia. I don't know if you might know her, Chris, but uh, so she just recently asked me um, about a couple weeks ago to be one of their dance guests out of Malaysia. So as long as I can fly out there, you know, everything's covered. So why not? Uh, so I'm going to be going to Malaysia next year in August, teaching this community in Asia. So she's pulling groups of people from Taiwan, the Philippines, Singapore, uh, to go to Malaysia. And uh, so she put my photo on her social media page, and she said that, oh my gosh, like people are recognizing you because they saw your YouTube video. So it's just draining a lot of good knowledge, like just publicity and so forth. So I'm excited for that next year as well. Now, earlier tonight, you were doing a dance called Run Me Like a River, mm -hmm. which normally you wouldn't see at, say, like a country bar. I'm wondering, where is it that you discover dances? And when you find a dance like that, where do you dance it, if not at a country bar? Do you do any like other community center classes or what uh, some people describe as like circuit-style dancing because of the, uh, the line dance circuit of events? Uh -huh. uh, what is your familiarity with events such as Windy City Line Dance Mania? Do, 
do you consider yourself uh, pretty entrenched in like the country bar world? Are you crossing over? Do you have a vast knowledge of all this event-style <laughs> dancing that I, I uh, don't know about? Uh, what would you say is your relationship with that world? Sure. Um, everything is very entry-level for me right now, Chris, because, um, as I mentioned, you know, I, I just want to start networking. So the networking just started uh, last year, you know, when I started teaching at Stompede. Then I went to Seattle, and those are obviously dance convention styles. And then, of course, you know, I'm trying to network with uh, Line Dance Explosion. Of course, that's like several, several, several years away. I don't know. Who knows? I, I'm, I'm going to be realistic because we're at least going to take at least two to three years maybe to get to that level uh, to teach. However, uh, it's still very new to me, so I'm still learning the ropes. Um, uh, with that being said, of course, uh, I have to say that when it comes to my style genre, and when you look at like Run Me Like a River, which is a very non-country, western type of style, um, but you're seeing it done here at Sundance Saloon, um, as well as conventions, I have to say, if I typically teach those types of music styles, it's going to be normally geared towards convention-based, I think. But if you're seeing places that have a lot of line dance publicity, like Sundance Saloon, for example, that have different rooms and so forth, that you can do different genres of music, uh, over at Charlie's as well, too. You know, obviously, that's my playground, right? So we do everything almost but country music there now these days. So with that being said, I feel like it just depends on the culture of that environment. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Charlie's, we, uh, we, we're a chained um, gay bar. So with that being said, you know, we have four different locations in the United States. So when I bounce to those different locations, of course, it's mostly a lot of pop, hip-hop uh, type line dancing mixed in with your traditional country. So uh, with that being said, it just depends on the culture and where you're at. Uh, over in Phoenix, Arizona, we have another place uh, that I go to. Um, oh, gosh. And I forgot the name off the top of my head, but it's nearby where I live in Mesa, Mesa, Arizona. And uh, it's all heavy country. But, of course, then they'll do... Um, um, what's that other line dance I just told you about? It's like a... a Cupid Shuffle. Cupid Shuffle. There it is. Absolutely. So, I mean, they'll do that because it's very popular. It's very well known. But other than that, everything else is pretty country when it comes to that particular bar. So, I guess it just depends on the culture and the setup. Okay. Now, two sort of related questions or questions that are related to each other. One, for people who are trying to contact you and uh, you reach out to maybe grab you for one of their events, what is the best way that people can contact you? Sure, absolutely. Uh, social media is super easy. It's, as I said before, it's very effortlessly to go ahead and contact people through that. Uh, you can contact me through my Facebook page. Uh, it's just Carlton Thompson. Uh, you just send the, hit the message button on Carlton Thompson and I'll, I'll get it within seconds. Uh, you can also email me at carltonthompson87 at gmail.com. That's another way I get a lot of uh, um, um, information that people want me to come out. And then, of course, uh, there's also just through my YouTube channel because you can make a comment or you can send a message through YouTube and I get that notification as well also. Okay. So, yeah. And uh, related to that, where do you see yourself in the context of line dance in the future? Would you ideally want to shift away from HR into doing international tours every weekend, different country, different event? Or is it something where you kind of want to strike a work dance balance or is it just kind of a hobby that you do when you have time for it where on that spectrum are you 
Sure, absolutely. Right now, I mean, my degree is in HR, and I've been doing HR for about 11 and a half years as well. So I'm very passionate about my career field, and I've been doing a lot of investment in that area, and I'm going to continue to go for my master's here in the next two years. I'm going back for my master's. Uh, with that being said, it's going to be trying to find that balance because without that career and making a, you know, a livable income, of course, I wouldn't be able to do much of what I'm doing today on the side, you know, because the videography costs money. Um, and then, of course, you know, when I'm traveling, a lot of times I'll get compensation for hotels and so forth, but I just don't fly out there. So that costs money as well, too. So having a, a sustainable, having a sustainable income to enjoy those hobbies is going to be probably what I'm going to see in the future. But I do anticipate. I do anticipate to go ahead and actually travel more frequently. So, um, with that being said, I teach twice a week, uh, twice a month. So the remaining two months, I'm trying to book any type of opportunity um, to go travel and teach and go to conventions and so forth. As somebody who has traveled as much as you have, what tips do you have? for the rest of us as far as saving money, uh, special cards that give you points, mm -hmm. uh, times to book, anything that you can uh, let us in on that uh, has made your life and travel easier. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, Southwest is my number one choice of travel, of course, especially in the United States. So um, with that being said, of course, we always look for those weekend deals. Those weekend getaways are best. And then, of course, for me, I like to plan. So it's just really working on what conventions you want to go to. You typically know those several months in advance. So if you anticipate that, get your tickets early and so forth. Uh, that's one recommendation I would always recommend to use. And then, of course, um, uh, other areas is you look at like Airbnb versus a hotel. Um, sometimes if you have friends, when you build that network over time, because I used to play volleyball. I used to play volleyball for 17 years. So I have, when I go to like Chicago or I go to Seattle or go to New York, I typically try to see if I can just crash at their place. So that saves me also money as well, making it more affordable to go to different locations. So uh, I definitely recommend everybody out in the dancing community that, hey, whether you have a dancing background and you commute uh, and, and travel, or if you have more than one hobby like myself, I have volleyball, definitely build that network because that network really helps because you can travel out there, stay at a friend's house, and then it, it's just it's just so much easier. So um, that's really pretty much what I have. So another couple of questions that are kind of related to each other. One, when you see an event that you would like to teach at, how do you end up making that happen? Like, do you do you ask them or do you just kind of hope and hint and maybe they'll ask you? And also, once you're on staff at an event, what is it that you? try to do? What are the responsibilities you give yourself that are important to you for making that a successful event for everyone in attendance? Sure, absolutely. Um, so, for example, like I would love to go ahead and be an instructor at the Lane Dance Explosion in, in Las Vegas. I know that's going to be a few years out, of course, just because I have to get my name and so forth, and I'm still in that entry-level stage, but one thing that's going to continue to get me gigs to get me closer to that goal is to obviously go to like the uh, 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 the line dance mania in Chicago, compete for that, continue to teach at these local uh, conventions like in Seattle, you have the Emerald City, Stompede, and so forth. 
Um, what also helps is, again, those my YouTube videos is what's really getting me that assistance to get out there because people are looking at something that's something different that they haven't seen before uh, from a line dance perspective, of course. So those three elements combined, I think, are going to be my tools uh, as well as just continue the network, build strong relationships uh, to continue to get to that big goal, which is to uh, to instruct in uh, Las Vegas mania. Uh, not Las Vegas, Las Vegas explosion, so... Now, uh, I'm curious, are there any special shout-outs to, like, your inspirations in the line dance community? People that you model your style of teaching or uh, your demeanor at, um, at an event where you're on staff? Um, there was a beginning to that sentence at one point. Uh, is there anyone that you model yourself after uh, that you think we should all take a, uh, take a look at as somebody we can follow as well? Sure. Well, um, I mean... Well, first of all, for me, I always look at, like, Joe Thompson because, first and foremost, I mean, she has the same last name. We have the same last name. So it's like, and we're not, we're not related, but I feel like we're related somehow. So, and she's so iconic. Um, I've never met her before, of course, but I've seen her videos on YouTube as well, too. And I just, I just really enjoy how down-to-earth she does come across. So she seems to be approachable and so forth. Um, I'm excited because I will probably get a chance to meet her in Chicago. So that's where I'm going to be able to, like, you know, obviously connect with her. And I'm hoping I can show her some of my videos so maybe we can partner together because as... Um, as Mark uh, was telling me who, who oversees the uh, uh, Line Dance Mania, he says, you just need a network. You just need to continue to build that repertoire. And same thing with Sue over in, um, we just had the one in Oregon. Oregon? Yeah. yeah. West Line Dance. Yeah, class. yeah, exactly. So I was supposed to go to that one, but I had another trip planned, so I couldn't go to that. And I think I messaged you, Chris. I was like, oh my God, have some fun. I wish I could make it, but I have another trip because, I, I as you know, I travel. So... Um, but Sue told me the same thing too. She goes, oh my gosh, you just need a partner, network, and then even maybe do a cool choreography. So uh, it'll be cool to do one with Joe. Um, um, actually, I would like to do one with you maybe. So <laughs> that would be really cool. I was I had this... going to ask if you would be interested in... Yeah, like a co-choreography and so forth. Uh, repeat that for the folks at home. Oh, sorry. I was actually going to ask if you would be interesting in maybe listening to some music and sending some steps back and forth between the three of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be really cool. I think, Megan, I think you make a really good point because, you know, technology is just so uh, easy for us to communicate. You could do, uh, you know, FaceTiming. You can do uh, Snapchat and do, you know, increments. What, WhatsApp. Oh, oh, WhatsApp. WhatsApp, too. That, too. Absolutely. So there's so many ways you can showcase uh, your steps. Uh, right now, so here's a little secret. So um, my, obviously, my goal is to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. And then hopefully by then, it'll start to just grow, grow, grow my YouTube channel. But what I'm trying to choreograph something that we're going to do out in the desert. So it's going to have a nice desert landscape. But I want to utilize it in Vegas, so I'm going to network with my uh, my coworkers in Vegas uh, because we have a Charlie's out there. So I'm, we're doing a lot of FaceTiming, just like back and forth, bouncing back and forth, uh, just trying to generate ideas. But ultimately, my goal is by October, mid mid October, um, is to go out to Vegas, choreograph a lion dance, and partnership with my uh, coworker out there, and have my video my video crew come out and just record it out of the desert. So. I think it's going to really stand out in the line dance community and hopefully draw the attention and be like, let's continue the dance. So 
But ultimately, when you think about it at the end of the day, is how do we stay connected? And I think with the talents that we all share, uh, you know, Chris and Megan, uh, as, ex as examples of that, it's just by dancing, you know? And it's just an awesome opportunity for us to share something that we all have different backgrounds, but we can all share that commonality. So. All right, any thoughts from Megan before we send you back into the, uh, the dancing in these other rooms? Um, yeah, unfortunately, I was, uh, as you were saying, networking with yes. an another person I haven't seen here for a while. So I was talking with him and catching up. So I missed some of the questions. Um, I know some of the personal questions I always ask because you are also a choreographer. Like, where do you find your inspiration as well as do you have any special routines that you do? Like, some people listen to the song a minimum of a hundred times and if they even get one inkling of skipping it they're like no I'm not choreographing to it some people are like no I heard it for the first time and my body just had to get up and move or is there anything that like yeah. that for you absolutely so um, I, I love what I mean like a lot of us you know at the end of the day it's like you know you, had, you worked all day and you just want to sit and watch YouTube dance videos right so uh, Kyle Hanagari is one of my favorite choreographers he's out in LA he obviously doesn't do line dancing but he does hip hop for uh, LA and I just love looking at his style so it, for me like I watch him and I look at him and I think about how can I incorporate hip-hop a little bit into line dancing because ultimately my my goal is I want to capture more than because you have the stigma you have the stigma that oh line dancing is country it's country which is still great but I want people to know that you can dance these dances and yeah, you might not like country yourself, of course, but you can dance to these great songs as well, too. So when I look at Kyle, um, you know, I just think to myself, okay, how can I incorporate some of those into a line dance genre setting? So I, I watch his videos quite a bit. I just get inspired through him. Um, and then ultimately, when it comes to like listening to music, it is literally sporadic. As I was telling Chris a few minutes ago, that is, um, I just listen to a song. If it's something I can feel and I could just, it just goes through your bodies, like electrifying. I'm gonna choreograph it. Yeah. Nice. And then at that point, I'm trying to figure out how many counts. Where's the pattern? Is it 32? Is it 64? 56? You know, is there a tagline? So it just depends. But other than that, if I hear the music, I'm gonna go for it. So. Nice. Um, and then more of on a personal level, I always like to ask anybody like what their guilty pleasure is. So, for instance, like me, I love to binge Netflix, and I love to eat. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people have talked about, like, how they're really, they're an avid runner, or uh, some people have said how, like, when they get done from an event, they don't want to do a darn thing, so all they do is, like, turn into a couch potato. Like, yeah. is there a guilty pleasure that you might have? Absolutely. So, definitely, on top of Netflix, it's just eating a lot of ice cream. I love <laughs> ice cream so much. And I always, of course, for me, it's going to be all the coconut ice cream because I'm not a big yes. dairy person. So it's coconut, it's soy ice cream, it's almond ice cream. So definitely it's it's my guilty pleasure because at the end of the day, I mean, when you do HR, it's, it's heavy stress. You're dealing with employee relations and so forth. So by the end of the day, and I have an hour commute each way. So I'm like, I want some ice cream. And maybe a side of vodka. <laughs> that is for sure. Absolutely. Nice. Um, and then I don't know if you've asked this yet or not, but uh, since you do travel as much as you do, is there one particular place that you want to travel to that you haven't yet? Like, so badly. Yes. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay. 
That's a tough one because I love to travel a lot, and I've been to a lot of places in the United States, but I definitely would like to go more to Canada. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do we, uh, at SF, uh, you know, at the Stompede event that we typically have here in late October, early November, you get a lot of Canadians that come on down. So I've been networking with them, and they're like, yeah, we have a huge line dance community. And they saw my videos, so they're like, we l- want you to come up there. So I think that's one of my next attributes is to just get out there to Canada and just uh, teach line dance. Or if not teach, at least be part of the community and then just share that experience. Totally understand. Yeah. I'm actually going to give the mic back to Chris because I know he has a few more final questions at least. <laughs> okay. Now, I have, um, I would say, maybe one and a half more questions for you. Um, in the future of line dance in general, is there anything that you predict or anything that you hope for? For example, the, the changes that you've brought into the community, the, the high-quality video editing, uh, making use of technology that wasn't around 10, 15, 20 years ago. Is, is there anything that you see potential in right now, like virtual reality, uh, you know, multiple locations? Is there anything that maybe is beyond your current budget or beyond current technology uh, limitations that you are hoping for uh, becoming more widespread in line dance? Sure, absolutely. Something that I'm hoping for... Um, because for me, working in HR is all about efficiency. How do you make a company efficient and so forth? So same thing with line dancing. It's like, if I'm going to teach line dancing, how do I become efficient and be out there as much as possible? Because traveling does cost so much, right? Um, with that being said, I'm looking at maybe once I get a little bit more well-known in the community by going to these different conventions, is to do it virtually. So um, there are applications out there these days that uh, you can teach dance and don't have to physically be there, but you have a TV monitor and there's a camera. It's like it looks like a torpedo. It's like this big, and it just showcases you. And then of course you have one on the other end. So if you have that technology in place and the budgets there for those communities that have that technology in place, then absolutely that that would be ideal because then I can at least connect with them, uh, be there at real time. Um, but not having to occur the expense of traveling out there. So, um, especially when it comes to when you're trying to market yourself as much as possible by being efficient with your time and, and your budget. So, I, I think that will be a great way to go as well. Now, here is one question I like to ask everyone If there is one dance that you would recommend that everyone learn, old, new, by others, or you, one dance that you think would make us all just happier, better people, that would benefit us all, what would that dance be that you would recommend? Oh, gosh. Mm, that's a good one. That's a really good one. That's so tough. Because, like all of us here as dancers, we learn like six, seven, eight hundred dances. So it's like, but when I look at what do I gravitate the most, oh, boy. Huh. Okay, so I'm going to have to say this. I mean, this Dizzy is definitely like the best one because I think that's like the foundation right there, right? Because it's jivey, it's poppy, but yeah, it has a little bit of country to it. So you have that connectivity. And not just that, it's just when you dance it with other people, the dance floor is huge. It's packed. And when you go to different venues and different places, 
that is one of the most common ones that people know. So you're dancing with random people that you don't know, and that makes me happy. So I have to say Dizzy is definitely one of my most top favorites because it allows you to connect with people. It allows you to be like, hey, you look really good doing it. Oh, so do you. So that, that, that song, that dance, definitely, historically, is one of my favorites. It always makes me happy when I dance that dance. Yeah. Oh. You know, I'm sure I could probably think of a few other questions. One just came to mind, but I might just save it for a round two uh, because I definitely hope to, to get a chance to chat with you again, possibly at another yeah. event. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down with us here today. Uh, until <laughs> next time, Megan and I will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor. Awesome. Thank you.